Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Man, some of you guys are like, man, what's this, what's this guy going to do? Man, I'm thrilled that each of you are here. I'm excited that God's using you. And uh, today, before I jump in, just a few things. So Mother's Day is next week. I'm super excited about Diane speaking. So uh, it's going to be awesome. You got to shout her down. She's going to get some encouragement. So you're going to do a great job, babe. But I'm a little nervous because uh, she's already blackmailing me about, uh, she's got some stories she's going to share. I already know some of them are good. And uh, she's got some pictures that I would never show that, you know, those pictures of you that you'd just rather just be gone like you burn them, you know? So she's putting some on the screen next week. And uh, I've been always harassing her from the stage. So it kind of reap what you sow, I guess. So we'll see what happens. So if I'm good this week, she'll share good stories. If I'm bad, then we'll see what goes. But I'm just teasing, babe. You're great. So I love you, babe. You're the best. You're the greatest. I'm going to do the dishes when I get home. And I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's going to be a great week. It's going to be amazing. It's all right, cool. I'm just driving around. Happy Mother's Day in advance and forever. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, I'm just really excited. It's going to be a great time to bring uh, your friends out, your family out. Um, it's a lot of cool stuff and uh, just a really exciting week for us, and it's going to be a great time in the house. Uh, we're in a second part of a series called Different. We're doing a study through First Peter and just diving into this, what it, what's all about. If you missed last week, uh, we talked about how Peter was written to a group of people that were persecuted. Uh, maybe the most persecuted group of people in history was the Christians at the time. There was an evil emperor, like a very corrupt man, um, and it was very harsh on the Christians. He actually blamed them for a lot of stuff they didn't do, uh, blamed them for burning down the city of Rome. Imagine how it went well, right? And uh, the Christians were being killed and killed and killed. And so Peter's writing in, this, in his book in between 60 and 65 AD to these Christians that are going through a hard thing. And if you look at the major theme of this book, it's really simple. It's like, hey, you're not from this world. You're not of this world. You're not from this world. You're just in this world. You're just going through this world. And so we're called to live different. You can live a different life. And so for us today, practically speaking, we're going to be different moms, right? We're going to be different dads. We're going to be different leaders, different employers, different employees. We have a different attitude. We're going to have a different attitude as a teenager. We're going to, we're going to use our money differently. We're going to invest our time differently because we're different than the world that we're in. You know, let's set the tone of this message. This is kind of weird. We, don't, we haven't really done this ever in real life, uh, but we're going to do it today. And it's kind of set the tone of this passage. We're going to feel the weight of what God wants us to put on our hearts today. If you guys can stand, I'm just going to read a, a scripture. So go ahead and stand to your feet. And that's what you're to think about this scripture. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 and 17. It really answers the question, why should we be different? What's so important about being different? It says this. It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy. Somebody say holy. holy. Be holy. Be holy in all you do for is written. God says, be holy because I am holy. Be holy. Be set apart. Do things differently. Walk as if you're going to heaven and not stay on earth. Do things differently because Jesus is holy, because God is holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners. Somebody say foreigners. Some, of this, some versions call this a temporary resident. So live out your time as temporary residents here in reverent fear. You guys can be seated real quick. We're called to be different. A different home, a different place, a different calling. And the problem we face is, is that Jesus wants us to set apart ourselves to God. But the most difficult, challenging part of following Jesus, the obstacle to it, is really that we're trying to fit in. Amen? 
Like, we're just trying to fit in with our friends. Like, I remember in high school, our friends are just doing dumb stuff. You're like, you didn't know it was dumb. You're like, that's really cool, man. That dumbest thing is the coolest thing to do. And we kind of get in with our friends at work, and they kind of go one way. And uh, if you think about being a Christian, it's like standing on a chair, and everybody else kind of pulling off that chair. There's not a lot of people living that life, right? Like, just kind of fitting in, that camouflaged Christianity. Like, I love Jesus only when, you know, it's at church. <laughs> and then we go back to work, and we're just quiet, we just kind of fit in. We just want to belong. We want to fit into the world, just go with the flow. And I hope you understand that Jesus didn't call you to fit in. Jesus called you to stand out. Jesus called you to complete opposite of fitting in. He called you to be different. He called you to, to be that guy that's going to have to get a little persecution. That you're going to just have to just go for it. Like, man, I love Jesus. I'm going to do something different in my life. My life isn't about me. I'm set apart to Jesus. So, yeah, I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to roll that way. But, I mean, I love you, but I'm not doing this. I'm going to change my direction. We're called to be loud with our faith. He didn't create you to, to fit in. He didn't create you to belong to the world. You know, the Bible says that we're not to conform to the world, Right? We're not supposed to just adapt and, and fit in. We're not supposed to put our roots deep. You know, sometimes we dream and we're like, man, I want to have a bigger house and all these acres and all this money and all this stuff. And where's God? We kind of forget like the whole Jesus thing, right? Like we kind of focus our dreams on the things that are like temporary. We focus our, like on something so temporary, something so physical. We forget it's all about Jesus. That we haven't set ourselves apart to the things of God. That we're called to be different. You know, I think about normal, and sometimes you think, like, man, what's so awesome about normal, right? That's what normal comes down to, at least that I've seen around. Like, broke. That's most people are at broke. Normal's broke. They're going to spend more we make, and normal is painful. Man, talk about sleepless nights, man. Normal has a lot of anxiety and stress. I mean, normal doesn't look like anything I want to be a part of, usually. Like, I see my normal friends. I'm like, I, I love you guys, but, man, that sounds terrible, you know? Like, that's not how we do it. Like, that's not right. Like, normal, like, normal, I see business people cheating stuff all the time or, like, cutting corners. I'm like, that's pretty normal. You guys got some subcontractors rolling around sometimes. You're like, man, like, I wish we'd done a better job on my basement. Like, I'm missing my walls, you know? The plumbing doesn't work. It all leaks everywhere. Like, that's my job usually to go, right? Don't get into plumbing. It's, it's, it's terrible. But anyway, if you're a plumber, I love you for Jesus. But <laughs> we used to remodel my lake house, and guess what leaks? The plumbing, right? Like the sink is falling apart. But anyway, we're called to live different. I want to tell you something. Don't settle for earthly standard when God has given you a heavenly calling. Amen? Like don't settle for what the world's selling. Don't settle for something easy. If your friends are doing it, maybe you should think twice. Like if it's something the world thinks is great, maybe you should think, maybe there's a better way of doing that. Don't settle. Don't settle for what God wants you to do differently here on the earth. It's so easy to look it out and say, I just want to fit in. I just want to belong. I want to have a family. I want, I want some friends. I want, to, I want to have somewhere to go Friday night. But what does Jesus want us to do? You know, the Bible says this. Jesus says very clearly, wide is the road, wide is the path that leads to destruction. And there's a narrow way. There's a path less traveled. There's a road that nobody really likes to go on. There's a road that you're going to have to get some discomfort in. There's some road that no one else is going to cheer you down sometimes. There's a road your friends are going to leave you back there at the fork. And this road leads to life. And Jesus makes it very clear there's few people who take this path. And so today, I just want to encourage you to take the path that Jesus wants. We're going to be talking about holiness and set up ourselves to God. And this morning, so I want to take a second just to pray for you. That will be the kind of people that say, man, I want to follow Jesus, even though it's not tough and there's nobody with me. I don't have that faith that I can just go alone into the battle because I know i got God's got my back. And so I just want to pray for you for a second. Father, we come before you. God, we ask you to set ourselves apart to you. God, I pray for somebody today, God, that they would see themselves as light in a dark world. God, I pray that we wouldn't try to, to earn your love and try to earn your grace. God, we're not trying to be holy. God, we're just living from holiness. God, I pray that our church would be set apart. God, I pray people know what we know you because we walk with you, God. 
I pray that people have a distinct odor, God, in this place. It's an aroma that fills the air because we've walked with Jesus, that we're full of grace, God, that we're full of life. God, I pray that we would, we would live differently when around our enemies, God. I pray that we'd forgive people, we'd love people, God, that we'd look to you through the pain and through the, through the battle. So God, help us, God, to be people that are set apart to you, God, intentionally. God, we have rights. God, we know our rights. God, we give up our rights for you just like you gave up your rights for us, God. We pray for those who need a moment, God, with you, that they would find you today that are far from you. God, they would see you, God, and be drawn to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, look at the person next to you and say, you are different. You are different. Take it how you want to. Take it how you want to. This is your chance, guys. This is your chance, all right? You are different. Um, If you're perfect this morning, this message is not for you. If you're perfectly holy, uh, you guys can sneak out the back. Uh, you're going to take that. This is your bye week. Um, so, we're, amen. <laughs> we're going we're to see who's uh, religious here or not. We're going to figure it out. No. Um, but, hey, you might ask, hey, is, is, is Pastor Sean perfect? Uh, if you're new this week, if, you know, if you've been here any time, you know I'm not. You know, ask my wife. Uh, she'll tell you next week. Come on back. Um, she'll t- I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, I'm just kidding. She, I always give her a hard time, but, you know, I'm not perfect, you know, and I, I think about my imperfect moments in life, and if you follow me around, you're going to find a lot of these imperfect moments, and, you know, one of my biggest ones, I've shared some of the story before, but when I was in high school, me and my brother shared a room upstairs, and, uh, and, and pretty much like an attic space, but it wasn't that bad, so I wouldn't say all that, but uh, we're sharing a room, shared a room my whole life, um, and we always did stuff together. We always liked to get in trouble, and usually involve fire, or like electricity, or cool things like that. Well, I don't know, somehow we got the urge of like going out and like finding construction stuff. And so we're like, we're going to go around and like go to work sites and, you know, play on Barry's Bobcats and that stuff like that. Um, and then we're like, man, those are really cool neighborhood watch signs. How ironic is that, that there's a neighborhood watch sign that we just could steal right now? Like, that'd be really cool because like we just upped the neighborhood, you know, we showed them like we're, so we went out there, we took some sockets and we took some neighborhood watch signs. And I remember, you know, I'm so proud, like, oh, we got away with this. Like, it was so hard. It was like this high off the ground. Right. Anyway, so scruff McGruff, take a bite out of crime. It was on the thing. It was like so cool. I was like, man, we're showing them, you know, like, this is awesome. And we're 17 and, and just kind of cruising in life. And so I get home and I get in the basement. My mom is sitting there and I didn't know that. It's all dark. So I'm walking in like, oh, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, I got the scruff McGruff sign. What are you doing here so late? God, you know, what's up, mom? What do you got in your hand? Nothing. There's nothing here. You just see nothing. Uh, those are street signs. What did you, where'd you get those street signs? Well, I found them on the side of the road. Here comes my brother, socket set, right behind me like this. All right, thanks, Adam. Appreciate that. You know, like, man, what did, did catch me in a lie? Like, come on now, what's up with that? And I remember so much guilt and shame. My mom, she didn't really say a whole lot except for disappointing you and get rid of the signs. So I thought, perfect opportunity to hide in the closet forever, I mean, in the attic forever. So we didn't put them back because you never return to the scene of a crime because we're, we're smart criminals, you know. And um, so anyway, long story short, you know, you think about life and, and I, we didn't steal anything after that, you know. Like, it was like, that is not what we should be doing. Like, we all knew that. We, but we didn't do it. Like, we didn't live differently. Like, I was a Christian. You know, I was like a leader in a youth group. And, you know, I didn't sing in the band, okay? But I was a leader in a youth group. I did all this stuff for Jesus. But I didn't, I didn't think about it at the time. And, and, you know, we think, like, well, that's teenagers, right? Like, we go on scavenger hunts, right? And you're, like, switching political signs. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Democrat sign with Republican sign. So we can't make some people mad. Like, some of you guys know I'm talking about. You've, you've driven through people's lawns. Like, you've done, you know, you've done it, right? Like, oh, it's just teenagers. And, but why do we live different? Like, why is it so important that we don't steal, that we don't cheat, that we don't, we don't do the things? Like, and that's not a bunch of rules, but what's, what's, why? Why is it? Why is it? Like, what's so important about it? I just want to share a verse, like, why we live differently. It says in verse 14, it says, Obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires when you, when you lived in ignorance. So don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So there was a time in our life where we didn't know better, right? 
Like we, we didn't know better. We, we didn't think about it. We didn't know when we set the cruise control at 95 miles an hour to go visit my baby down in uh, Waco, see Diane, that we, that was illegal. You know, we didn't know that, right? Like we knew that, okay? Or like, you know, when you eat the bowl of Cheerios, you're supposed to drink the milk. Like we didn't know that. Anybody do that? Anybody drink the milk? You're sick people. You're all sick. I put that milk in the trash. Like, man, no. <laughs> That's a sin. I guess it's a sin. I didn't know it's a sin, right? I didn't know, like, all the weeks I made fun of my wife on stage would come back to haunt me. Like, I didn't know, like, her monkey toes would come back and, like, the cold feet and the, all the stuff. We, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just priming the pump. It's going to be a good week. I'm going to be gone next week, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, but the Bible says this. It says, but just as he has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. And we're called to be holy in everything we do. Just as Jesus is holy, we're called to be holy for his written, be holy because I am holy. We're holy because Jesus is holy. We're different because Jesus is different. You know, so many times you think the text says, hey, be happy in all you do because Jesus is happy. I want you to be happy. Jesus is happy. Be happy in all you do. Be happy like Jesus. So many times we think we're called to happiness, and that's not the truth. We think that we're called to happiness is our highest calling of Christianity. Like, if I'm happy, then it's going well. Like, it's, I'm just doing me. If it's happy, I'm going to do it. If, I, if it feels good, that's, that's the way. It's just comfortable. It's easy. It's, if it's painful, then that can't be from Jesus. Everything in life should just make us happy. And I'm just to remind you guys, the highest calling Jesus is not your happiness. It's your holiness. It's not your happiness. Like so many times, like we want happiness, right? Like I want that thing. I mean, I want that raise. Like I, I want that friendship to work out. I, I wanted the girlfriend to work out. Like I wanted that thing. I wanted that college thing to work out, right? I want this to work out, but it's not about our happiness. It's about our holiness for Jesus. Here's the problem with theology of holiness. It empowers us for personal justification. Like you think about it, like as long as I'm happy, it's all good. But as soon as I'm not happy, as soon as something infringes on my happiness, all of a sudden I have the right to do stuff that's not good and is unwise, right? Like as soon as I'm not happy, like, hey, this, this isn't working out. Like our marriage, like I'm not happy in our marriage, so I'm going to leave, like, this isn't good. Like, I'm not feeling it, baby. So we're just going to kind of take the next step. Maybe we think about, like, hey, I'm not happy. Like, I want to buy that thing. It's going to make me happy, but I don't have the money to buy it. But, of course, I'm going to buy it because I, I really like that thing. And it's going to put me in debt, but I don't really have the money. But, man, it's awesome. Like, check it out. Look what it does. It's amazing. But I'm going to do it anyway even because it makes me happy. Just the name of happiness, I'm going I'm to do this because it's really not make me feel good. Or, like, we date that girl. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. We date that girl. And then all of a sudden you're like, come on, baby. Like, I got needs. You know, it's all the time. Guys, man, it's guys, you know. I'm in college. The guys are at the work I'd work at. It's like, hey, you got to test drive the car before you buy it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, that is an idiot statement. But that's how guys work, right? That's just a guy. This makes me happy. If you don't want to do this, I'm not happy. It can't be from God. That's not, that's not how we operate, right? Like, we're called to be different. We believe, when you believe that God wants you happy about everything else, then discomfort, delay, delayed gratification, pain, risk, suffering, all these things become outside God's will. Like if the happiness is the point of life, then all of a sudden all the things that God's calling you to, the theology of things to endure, endure the path that God set before you, become outside God's will. We begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, convenience, what's easy, What's, what's painless? We take that comfortable road and God's not calling us there. God's not calling us to stay in those places. See, the point is this. God didn't come to serve us. But we talked about earlier that we're part of Jesus' story, amen? Like, we're part of his story. Like, he's, we're, not, we're not trying to, like, we don't run the show. Like, he's in, we're, we're following him. He didn't come to serve us. We came to serve him. Like, we're serving Jesus. If you look at the word holy in the Greek, it, it comes from the word hagios. And the, it means to be set apart. Like, it just means, like, hey, I know you're here, but you're set apart for this. Like, I know you're in the world, okay, but you're not of the world. 
Like, like you're not going to live for the world. Like, you're set apart for a heavenly calling. You're set apart for something of God that God has graced you. God has called you. God's given you purpose. God has given you something great in your life. Don't settle for what's in front of you. Don't settle for what your friends put in your face. Don't settle for that easy path. Don't settle for the road that's comfortable. Don't settle for the path that has no integrity. God's calling you to something greater. I would tell you something. If you live differently, you may be following Jesus, right? But if you're not living differently in the world, there is absolutely no way, I promise you, that you're following Jesus. It just can't be possible. And it's not because we're trying to earn God's grace. It's because we're living from God's grace. And you think about your different values that we're set apart to, you know, to run your life with integrity, to be a man or a woman of your word. Like you say yes, and it happens. And if it changes, you communicate. I know it sounds crazy, but that's, that's crazy. Like you, you, you are you. Like you're going to say, like, I commit, and you're committed. Like, you're going to do it. That's, that's a commitment you made. Or you talk about honor. Like, we're a culture of honor that, that we lift up the people we love, that we care about our enemies, we pray for enemies. Can you imagine even loving your enemy and say, hey, you know what? We honor people in our lives that speak down on us because, you know what, there's some good stuff that would happen there. Like, we honor people. We, we treat people with respect and dignity as, as God's creation. You know, think about different values of serving others. You know, what I have isn't mine. Like, I think about our church. Like, what a, what a picture of a, a group of servants, Right? Like some of you guys just got after it this week, went down to Church Four Corners, and I mean, some of you guys busted a tail. You came out there, we built some more stuff and did cool stuff. But I just want to tell you, I mean, it's encouraging to have a culture of serving. You know, I was 24 years old. Uh, I wasn't sitting in my house going, man, I wish I had foster kids. Lord, send me foster teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like, what a blessing, Lord, you know? I mean, 24, and uh, I kind of got put in this situation, and we're, we're pretty much newlyweds. We're just, you know, year, year and a half, two years married. You know, things are going great. We're thinking, like, not thinking this. It's like, Lord, give me teenagers, but we saw an opportunity, right? Like a distraction, but there was really God's will. And we said, man, we can serve. We can make a difference. We're going to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. Like, we're going to just lay down our life. Like, we got the 20s. Who's, who's a parent of teenagers in the 20s? I don't recommend it. There's a lot of stress, and you have no idea what you're doing because I was a teenager like four years ago, and so it was awesome. And you have no idea what you're doing, but it's really cool because you know, you know everything because you're just 24, right? And so I'm just telling you, but God called us to that. Like, God put that in front of us, and we said, hey, this isn't an accident. Now, I think of uh, this last week where the Hardy family adopted Brianna, right? And uh, I promise you, three years ago, that's awesome. Give it up for them. That's amazing. We're going to cheer. We're gonna celebrate, man. That's a picture of, God's, of God. Because I promise you if, you, know, if you know them, it wasn't like, man, send us a foster kid. But it was an opportunity that came across their path and they couldn't say no because God said, hey, look, this is for you. And it's like, whoa, you, see, you call me that? Like they're gonna set themselves apart. Like this is what my flesh wants, but this is what Jesus wants. And you're gonna live in this tension your whole life. You're gonna live in this tension of like, man, I'm, I'm gonna, it's okay being uncomfortable, amen? Like we're not called to comfort. Like I'm gonna think we're called to something way more uncomfortable than the path that the world has for us. That's what they wanna sell us. Easy, peace, joy, microwave Christianity. It's not how it works. Like, God's calling us out. He's calling us to be comfortable. He's calling us to stand up. You know, as a parent, I think it's important to encourage your kids. Encourage others all the time, even if it's not your kids. But encourage people, but especially as a parent. Like, we have little Jack, he's 18 months old, and the little boy's got, I shouldn't even say it, but he's got a hand, foot, and mouth going on right now, which is a lot of fun. So if I fall asleep up here, it's because my baby's going to go crazy. But, um, but love your kid. You know, every day I tell him, I'm so proud of you. He's 18 months. He had no idea what I'm talking about, you know. Boss for me, you know, I'm like, I'm going to make sure you know this. I didn't have that growing up. Like, I love you. I'll give my boy a hug. I give him a little kiss. I pick him up. We, I probably too, like, abusive is not the right word, but we throw him around, you know. We have a good time. We wrestle. We do the things of God, right? We're just going to get after it, like, be a man. Like, but I want him to know when he gets older, when his friends want him to do something else, he always knows he has a dad that loves him and cares about him no matter what happens in his life. 
Like, I'm going to be there for you. I'll be your friend. You're going to make mistakes. I'm going to pick you up. Like, it's going to be painful, but I'm going to help you. Your friends are, are going to try to show you how cool they are, but you're going to know, like, your dad is always there for you. No matter how much you poop all yourself and I have to put you in that shower and it's, stuff is getting everywhere. And I love you, boy. You know, that's what we're going to do. And if you have a little girl, I promise you, as a dad, you better tell her she looks fine. You know what I'm saying? You are fine, girl. Because some dude's going to show up and it's the wrong dude is going to say all the right things and she's going to start doing what he wants to do. She's going to show up to the door and she's going to go, mm, mm, baby, you're so good. Mm, mm, let's go to prom. Mm, you hot. Dude, my dad tells me that every day, you better do better than that, boy. You can have a relationship with that girl. Like, you've got to love your girl. You've got, you got to know you're there for you. It makes a difference. It's what makes a difference. Like, ultimately, as a parent, you've got to set yourself apart. Like, what do you do that's different? What do you do that the world doesn't do? Like, make, make, the, make a bold statement for your kids. Like, I'm, I'm okay not being the coolest guy. Like, I'm okay working hard. Like, I'm, I'm okay being different. Like, I'm okay staying out. Like, we're just going to be a little different. Like, whatever it is in your family, whatever God's calling to you, I know it's a personal conviction. I'm not going to go up here and, like, list out all these things, right? But whatever personal conviction, whatever rights you believe that you should just give up for Jesus, and you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to have a habit of doing this. I'm going to be different from the world. You're going to follow my footsteps. It says in 1 Peter 1.14, it says, so we must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into the old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Don't slip back. You know how many times you talk about in church, like, man, it fell in the sin. I slipped in the sin. I fell in the sin. You know, you never find a time in the Bible where somebody like slipped in the righteousness, right? Like, oh, I tripped into holiness. Like, it never happened. Like, I was trying to sin so hard, but righteousness caught up to me. Like, it didn't happen that way. I never, never sin, righteousness. It's amazing. I'm not perfect. I'm holy, righteous. It doesn't work that way, right? It's the complete opposite. We don't slip back into righteousness. You have to work towards righteousness. You know, I'm trying to sin, but God, God's pulling me back. It doesn't always work that way. Like, it's so convenient. Like, Satan has a plan. Like, we have an enemy that's so subtle. He says the words, did God really say? So it's the first words, right? I mean, did God really say that you shouldn't do this? I mean, did, did God really say you, you can't look at that? I mean, did God really say? I mean, did he? I mean, I don't remember him saying that. Did God say you have to wait to have sex until you're married? Like, did he really? Ah, I don't know. No, it's not a big deal. He loves us, you know? Like, he did say this, right? Like, did he say I have to go to church and pray? Did he say it? Well, uh, I don't know. Did he say you shouldn't post half-naked pictures of yourself on Instagram? You know what I'm talking about. I'll be scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, and all of a sudden, here's that friend. You're like, oh, you know, doing this weird pose thing. You're like, we're going to try and get more likes or something. I don't know. I guess it's working out, right? I mean, it's like, what is going on? Like, the world just sells themselves. Like, here's a, here's a picture of my body. Like, people like me. I mean, this is, this is the world we live in, right? Like, did Jesus really say this? What did, did he say? Did, did he really say love your enemy? I mean, did he really say I mean, if you have an enemy, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I have to love that person? Like, we're for real? That's crazy. You know, and I'm going to tell you, like, a lot of us are like, man, I'm, I'm better than most people, you know? Like, ah, oh, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Well, people aren't your standard. Like, people aren't our standard of how holy we are. Jesus is our standard, amen? Like, it's, it's not about what other people are doing, you know? The only person that can change you is you. Jesus knows that. Jesus is calling you to personal holiness. You don't worry about other people. I got so many people in my life that are so worried about other people all the time. If, if that person do this and da da da, it's like, man, this is way too much drama. Like, Jesus wants you to change your life. Like, stop looking out and start looking in. God wants to change you. Just think about some questions. Just maybe you talk this over just uh, with your family, maybe a meal today. But just think about some of these questions. Uh, what, what are three areas that I struggle with with fitting in? Like, what are three areas in my life that I'm just trying to fit in right now? Like, what is it, what is, what is it in my life? Maybe it's a relationship. It's always that person, right? Maybe it's the party scene. Some of you guys have been just, just doing the party scene, just going through the motions, just, just, you know, just getting farther and farther down the road. You know, maybe it's your work friends just kind of taking you down a different path. Or, you know, maybe, what is it in your own life that uh, you put your happiness above God's? 
but God's holiness. Like maybe there's something in our life that we said, man, I, this just makes me happy. It's, it's kind of my addiction. It's my go-to. I've done it the last thousand times. Every time this thing's happened, it's my stress reliever. But what's God calling you to? What's God's calling you to? You know, what are the biggest ways that you're different than the world? What are some, what are some things, practically speaking, that you're different from the world? You should look at yourself and say, am I that different from the world? I was looking at this going, okay, I got some room to grow. <laughs> the, the world and me look a little too similar here. Like, I'm just going to be different to be different. Because I love Jesus. I don't have to be like that. I'm going to be somebody different. And so we love people. We're going to serve people differently. We're going to be different with our money. We're going to be generous. Like, we're going to care about people. I'm going to start loving people I, I don't think are lovable. But God, I know that God loves them, so i got to start loving them. Like, i got to be more like Jesus because i got to be holy. Then what area in your life does God want you to be different in today? You know, you might ask the question, why holy? Why does it matter? Why does, why does it even matter? And I just want to share one last passage and really just keep thinking about this point. But in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 through 21, it says this. That Peter's writing to hurting Christians. He said, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. You know, it wasn't from the world's temporary things that you were saved and changed and redeemed. It wasn't with the gold and silver that we talked about earlier that our hearts abandoned and Jesus, you can have everything in our lives. It wasn't with that stuff that you were made right with God and you were made holy and you were set apart from the empty way of life we're in, but it was by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect. It was the sinless sin of God, the sinless son of God, sorry, that died on the cross for our sins. It was Jesus who pointed us to new life. It was Jesus who made us new. It was Jesus that changed us. It says this, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. That Jesus was chosen before the world was even built for this moment in time that he would die on a cross for your sins so you can have life and you can live holy from his perspective. Through him, Christ, you believe in God. It's through Christ you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are in God. I just want to tell you this, living holy is not the pathway to knowing God. Living holy isn't the path you take to find Jesus. Finding Jesus is the pathway to holiness, Amen. Like we don't, we don't find, we don't follow rules. We don't do religious stuff. We don't try to pray, chant, and meditate our way to God. We don't try to be good enough for God. We live from the goodness of God and we be holy because he loved us. So you think about it this way. We're not living holy because we want God to love us. We're living holy because God who knows everything in your life and cares for you. I didn't grow up in that world. And I remember this sinking into my soul. I had numerous men in the church say, hey man, you need to give it to God because you have a good father who loves you. You have a dad that loves you. A dad that prays for you, a dad that cares for you, a dad that's there to believe in you, coaches you, give you confidence. And so we don't settle for what you're selling for, kid, because God's got something greater for you. God's got a plan that's greater for you. Do you know whose you are? Do you know whose you are? Whose are you? Because we know that you're a son of God, that God's got your back. You can walk through anything, amen? You can live in the time of 1 Peter and be like, man, I'm going through the fire and I'm gonna endure this race, but you know what? I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna have some courage. I'm gonna stand out from the crowd. I'm not just gonna try to fit in. I'm gonna stand up for Jesus. I'm gonna set myself apart for Jesus. I'm gonna do things differently for Jesus. I'm not bought by some temporary blood. I'm not bought by some earthly gold and silver. I'm bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna live from that for here on out. I'm gonna surrender my life to him. I'm gonna give it to him. I'm gonna, not gonna settle for the easy path. I'm gonna keep fighting the good fight. It's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be endurance. You're gonna take the steps. You're gonna carry your cross. You're gonna do it because God is holy. He's gonna call you to his holiness, amen? God's calling you to something greater. You know, some of us, we just care too much what people think about us. We got that perfect Instagram post, that perfect Facebook post, and we're so worried about the image. We're so worried about the image. 
I'm gonna tell you something. You got a dad that says, hey, I'm proud of you, son. No matter what you've done or where you've been, you got a father that loves you, a father that cares about you. And that's the voice you listen to. And that's the voice you follow, you're following. You know, we're not talking about behavior modification, you know? I mean, sometimes we grew up in church and it's like, you know, be these certain things and then you can just conform to that and we're good. We're good. It's not about that. We want people who look nothing like Jesus to show up to our church, amen? We want people who are far from God to come to our church to find real life and purpose in Jesus and God change their life from the inside out. They're gonna live from holiness, not for holiness. So we're gonna invite people who are far from God, who look nothing like Jesus. They're the last person that God would work on, the last thing that you'd even try to even intersect the God's message in somebody's life. We're gonna invite them to church. We're gonna pray for them and we're gonna ask God to use them because we're not here to change people's lives. We're here to make much of Jesus. We're here to put him up on our shoulders and our mantle and focus on him. I'm trying, you're not trying to prove yourself. Like Jesus supernaturally changed you from the inside out. We're just gonna let it shine. Somebody say shine. Just let it shine. We're just gonna let it shine. We're just gonna let it shine out of us. So my prayer today is that there's one area in your life that God has shown you. God's putting pressure on one place in your life. And then my prayer today is that you would say yes to Jesus in that area. My prayer is that you would set yourself apart to Jesus today because you're inwardly transformed. You're not trying to outwardly conform. You're inwardly transformed by the gospel. This world is not our home. We're called to be different. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.